you can be in prayer for us as we prepare this series that will be coming up starting in, in February. We live in a day and age that's competing in so many different ways with our relationship with the Lord, and uh, I believe that God is going to um, begin to reveal to us ways in which we can set down the competition and yield more fully to Him in the different areas of our life. I don't know if you noticed that when they put that poster up of, of those of us that are going to be going to Cuba, in a couple of weeks I'm going to let you pray for me before, uh, before I go, but uh, they never let me know that they needed a picture, so... Uh, Apparently, our superintendent or one of his staff went onto my Facebook page and pulls a picture of Cindy and I on the beach, puts her face off of it, and stamps it up there. Uh, and so these, these guys all look so dignified, and then my hair, what little there is of it, is, is sticking up in all different directions, and uh, I will talk to somebody about that at some point in time. But... Uh, I'm really looking forward to this, and, and again, and I appreciate your giving toward this. Um, I'll share a little bit more as we go, but in Cuba, churches are not allowed to, to own property, and so they are, they are house churches, and so the, the larger a church grows, the more that pastor tries to buy property that's next to them so he can include it in his yard, and, and uh, the superintendent that I spoke to of Cuba has purchased a number of properties, so he's got this really huge yard, and he will preach from inside his house with, with little speakers going out to people who will stand in his yard, and there may be several hundred uh, that will be there. Uh, as, as he ministers the word. And so there are over 3,000 house churches. These pastors have very little training, and so uh, it will be a joy to be able to invest in their lives as they invest uh, in the people that they love and that God has called them to. So uh, again, in a couple of weeks, we'll have prayer for that. Today, as we approach the word of God, for those of you that have been here the last two or three weeks, you know that we've been doing a very kind of a mini-series on the life of King Saul and the things that he allowed to keep him from reaching the potential that God had placed within him. We uh, talked two weeks ago about the, ob uh, the obstacle of fear as he stood for 40 days and he let a Philistine giant keep the children of Israel from moving forward and David stepped up under the hand of God and was used to win a battle. And because of that fear, things begin to take place within Saul's life. Last week, we talked about his insecurity, that when he was being anointed as king over Israel, when the public anointing time came, he was hiding in the storage shed, so afraid of what the responsibilities were going to be and how that insecurity stayed with him for the rest of his life and began to damage him. Some of that insecurity then began to lead its way into some embedded pain within his life. And today, that's what we're going to talk about is how how pain and the things that have happened to us in the past can keep us from what God wants to do, and then we're going to believe that God is going to break every chain within our life so that we can be set free to move forward. The big idea of this message, or the theme, if there was something that I would want you to write down, and there's an outline in your bulletin on the back cover of this message that you can begin to jot down some notes, but there's a big idea that I want you to jot down. If you don't get anything from this morning, it's this. When we stop making what people have done to us bigger than what Jesus has done for us, we are on our way to emotional health. When we stop making what people have done to us bigger than what Jesus has done for us, we are on our way to emotional health. I recognize today the reality is every one of us have had painful experiences within our life. 
They may not have taken the same shape or form or words. They may not have happened in the the same way within our life, but every one of us have experienced times when we've been hurt by others. Perhaps it was things that they said, or perhaps it was being betrayed by somebody who was extremely close to us that we never thought that they could do what they did. Some of you have lost friends and times because people said and did things that you didn't think they were capable of that have left a lasting wound upon your soul. And so there's not one of us who has ever gone through this life to this stage who haven't had painful situations. And we've tried to convince ourselves that we can go through life and that perhaps we're strong enough to handle this or it doesn't really bother us. But I want you to know something. When we experience pain in our life, There's only two ways and two responses that we can have to it. Either we learn to deal with it in the presence of the Lord and with the hand of the Holy Spirit working within us, or we lock it up and we refuse to deal with it, which then manifests itself in some very unhealthy ways within our life as we go on from there. You see, if you refuse to deal with your pain, If you refuse to acknowledge that there may be wounds within your spirit, then you either run from it, or you hide it, or you bury it as if it has no effect on you, and then ultimately it robs you of not only physical health in some ways, but certainly spiritual health that God has for us. Unprocessed pain will remove you of your ability to be a joyful person in life. Unprocessed pain will sabotage your relationships. And if a relationship is the cause of that, what you will move into will be unhealthy relationship after unhealthy relationship after unhealthy relationship. Unprocessed pain can ruin your career. Most certainly, it will put a cap on your ability to grow spiritually and your trust and vulnerability to be honest with the Lord as He desires to move you on and to allow you to reach your potential. I believe that emotional pain that has not been brought to the cross is the reason why we have seen so many people who have stalled out in their life, who have burned out, and so many who have withdrawn themselves from their relationship with the Lord and the church. It doesn't take long for us to realize, those of us that have been in the church any length of time, that there are those that used to be in a vibrant relationship with the Lord that for whatever reason have withdrawn themselves, some of it because of pain they've gone through, and after a while they've isolated themselves from the one healing power that can set them free and break the chain. In the book of 1 Samuel, Chapter 15, I'm going to read verse 3 and then read the rest of the story in verses 9 through 23 as it talks about Saul and how this pain began within his life. The scripture starts by stating in verse 3, the Lord speaking through Samuel saying, now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death the men and the women and the children and the infants and the cattle and the sheep, the camels and the donkeys. Moving now to verse 9. So Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and the cattle, the fat calves and the lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, 
but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I am grieved that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was troubled, and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and he went to meet Saul, but he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of the cattle that I hear? And Saul answered, The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. Stop, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took the sheep and the cattle from the plunder, the best of what is devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Lord, over these next few moments, I pray that you would unlock your truth to break every chain within our life so that you can be Lord of all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Saul's pain in his life began when he started to be wishy-washy with his obedience to God. When he started to set his own plans higher than the, the, pro, the proclamation of what the Lord told him to do in obedience. And it resulted in the fact that the Lord's favor was lifted off of his life. And we know a short time later that that was a very, very painful experience for him. He was insecure to start with and so the idea that God would reject him after that really began to be a burden to him. It became a first layer of bricks and a wall of pain that he built within his life. As you go through the book of 1 Samuel, you'll notice also, shortly thereafter, David is anointed by Samuel, and the Spirit of the Lord now resides on David, and that became another layer of bricks in Saul's life of pain. Following that, David's influence began to grow, and Saul's began to diminish. More bricks added to the wall. And as you go through the book, you recognize that Saul's daughter fell in love with David and married him. More bricks. Saul's son, Jonathan, develops his best friendship with David. 
the one who is causing Saul all the pain, more bricks. The nation began to respond to David's successes, more bricks in the pain of Saul's wall. And you begin to look and you see it was a hurt and painful expression and and experiences and a rejection. And more and more little things begin to build bigger and bigger walls. Eventually Saul had so much pain that he hadn't dealt with. That he could not see straight. He built up pain so high that the wall began to affect his judgment and even his ability to perceive correctly. He was unable to be reasoned with. Because the wall of pain began to be built so high. It got so bad that one day Saul had 85 innocent family members killed because he thought one of them didn't support him. And even that he was wrong about. And after that Saul lost it. In his anger and in his pain, it led him to the conclusion, the false conclusion, that if I can just kill David, my pain will be gone. And so his focus of the things that he had allowed to build up within his life, he gave a face to and spent the rest of his life trying to kill one, thinking it would take away the pain. I don't know about you today, but I would imagine that there are circumstances in your life that you probably have a face in your mind, thinking that if I could just take care of that face and what it represents to me, perhaps my pain would go away. Perhaps I would feel better after this. And I want you to know something. Oftentimes, what we associate with the, the injury of our pain or the things that we carry is not it at all. But it just becomes another brick and a wall that we have begun to build. One of the first things that I would like us to recognize this morning is that there are signs and symptoms of pain and hurt and anger that we keep within us that seems sometimes easier for others to recognize than for ourselves. Let me give you a list of things that perhaps you have recognized either in yourself or in others. Irritability. When you have embedded pain that has been undealt with, it is easy for you to get irritable with people. People that are suffering inward pain often have little or no tolerance for people when you tell them to do something and they don't reach your expectations. And so the tolerance is really low. Sometimes the indication that there's something going on that's festering in your own heart is the aspect that you are always fighting feelings that are beginning to rise up. You see people speaking and you're wondering what they're talking about and you begin to, to self-actualize that thinking, what is going on? It's something about me. And, and you begin to question everybody's motives as feelings begin to rise up. Sometimes it's the sense that you become really, really oversensitive about an event that was in your past And it causes you to become very angry or very sensitive and you lash out. And that likely reveals that there's a deep emotional wound tied to that event or your memory of that event. People that harbor deep pain on the inside find it hard to forgive. As we have gone through studies of those who have had marriages that break up, they oftentimes deal with such hard time and breaking through, coming to places of forgiveness, Because the wound is so deep many times that leads you then to places where it becomes hard to feel loved. It becomes hard to receive love from anyone 
and especially God. Oftentimes those that have embedded pain and embedded wounds often lash out at people and they don't even know why. They just know it's a trigger and something is released within them because it is festered on the inside and it's easier to lash out than it is to deal with what may be going on and there's outbursts of anger and outbursts of resentment and hurtful words and hateful words that come from your mouth. Often to people who may have not done anything to you. Sometimes this grows to the place where you begin to have anger toward God. Where you begin to look at the things of your life and your anger towards him comes because you think deep down inside that, God, if you really loved me, if you really wanted to protect me, you would have kept this from happening to me. And as a result of it, I don't believe that you care. And you begin to build a wall around yourself, even from the prospect that God could bring healing to you because deep down inside you think he probably caused it. You don't know if he's got the ability to heal the wound. And he said, I will never override your free will. I'll never override your free will, but I'm capable. It leads sometimes to people that hate themselves and they begin to abuse themselves in ways because they don't feel that they are acceptable. It leads to avenues where you look to escape the pain and so you bury yourself in some other things which leads people to all kinds of things that they use to suppress reality. It often shows up in the areas of overeating or drinking or smoking or becoming addicted to porn or spending binges. All these things that you indulge yourself in, hoping that in moments you can escape the pain and the wounds that you feel on the inside. People that keep embedded pain often have thoughts that are constantly running through scenarios where retaliation looks good. Lead people to irresponsible behaviors. Sometimes it looks as if you are a perfectionist because you can't afford to let anybody see there's weakness and you become driven. And when these things no longer cover a pain, what begins to happen is there are deep feelings of hopelessness that nothing will ever change. This is what I'm dealing with and this is the way it will always be. But I want you to know something. There is a Savior. There is hope in the name of Jesus. So how should we deal with our pain? How can we begin to look at this and, and hope that the Lord can come alongside and do something? We recognize that unprocessed pain builds walls around us. And it puts up a wall that even our mind can block because we don't even think that the Holy Spirit in power can begin to penetrate that. But I want you to know, we sang it this morning, He will break every chain. He will break every wall that you will allow Him access to. And so we come before you today with a word of hope that there is a God that will walk with you and that He can heal embedded hurts that might have been affecting your decisions and your actions and your attitudes. So what do we do? How can we do this? I, I spent a lot of time the past few weeks reading about things that we do as we reflect on our life of how we can deal with pain. And, and, and some of the greatest authors I read were people like Beth Moore and Joyce Meyer and Matt Keller and others that have dealt with this in so many different ways. And here's... A couple of things that seem to pop up in most of the authors that I have read. Number one, acknowledge pain when you see it. Acknowledge pain when you see it. It is impossible 
for you to deal with something if you won't admit it exists. Rarely does this happen when we are in physical pain because you close your finger in the door, you instantly know you're in pain. You grab it and you yell. When it comes to things on the inside, when it comes to emotional pains, when it comes to issues that nobody can see, oftentimes that's different for us. And let me tell you, it's especially different for men. I don't know how many of you are married, but if you are, you know there's a different way that women deal with emotional pain than the way men deal with emotional pain. We live in a society where men have been told all their life that if you're in pain, ignore it. Rub some dirt on it. Don't cry. Don't speak of it. You just handle it yourself because we're supposed to be tough and we're supposed to suck it up to the point where we don't even feel hurt when we experience it. Yet all of these symptoms begin to show up in a man's life as a result of things that we're trying to build a wall around that we don't even want God to know exists within us. But we react to the pain. And so for each of us to know what is going on on the inside of us, not only with the help of the Holy Spirit, but the best way to realize is there something there that the Lord needs to deal with, it's begin to recognize your reactions to things. Your reactions won't lie. And they will always be there. So watch for moments in your life when you naturally find your defenses show up. If you feel that there are moments when something is brought up or something is said and instantly you're defensive about it and, and you, you can just recognize that, stop for a moment and write it down because that defense is the Holy Spirit saying there's something there. There's something there that you're trying to hide. If there are situations where something happens and instantly you turn negative when it doesn't even seem like it would be a time to do that, you need to recognize that's a symptom that's showing up and you need to stop there and recognize it. If you find situations in your life where something may be said to you or or there's a conversation and instantly you feel like pulling away, you pull away from friendships, you, you pull away from a spouse, you pull away from children, you pull away from people that know you because you've discovered it's easier for you rather than dealing with something just to build the wall and try to find safety behind it, then that's a reaction and a response that you need to make note of. I can promise you, you are not reacting that way for no reason. It's one of the Lord's ways of letting you know there's something there I want to talk to you about. You can deal with it in the right way, and your reactions often identifies painful areas. Second strategy is slow down and dig down to the first pain. I want to be very careful how I state this this morning. I came from a generation, and my parents before me came from a generation that declared that If God couldn't deal with it at the altar, then that's where it had to be laid. God can do anything. You don't need to talk to anybody about it. You don't need to to open up your heart and life. You take that to the altar. I want you to know something. God can and will deliver. However, I also want to say that God can use professional counselors as well. That is the hand of God in many cases. There are people who are gifted who are trained to sit down with you 
And in moments where you can begin to develop a trust with them, can begin to dig down in the areas of your life under the anointing of God's Holy Spirit to bring you to a place where you can recognize what some of the first bricks that started to cause you pain were. You see, you can deal with symptoms and you can knock off the top layer and the second layer, but until you get down to where it started, until you get down into the very core of how all of this began in your life, healing will not be total for you. You're just dealing with a symptom rather than the reality. And we live in a day and age where as people are coming to Christ and, and yielding themselves to the Lord, they are coming with baggage because that's what sin is. And so when the Lord begins to say to you, I want to dig into your life, He does so with gentle fingers and oftentimes can be done through professional biblical counselors. I also want you to know that there are people that are trained to pray with you in the middle of those times, to dig down. We call that deliverance prayer. There's an aspect even in our church of those that we work in an area called theophostic prayer. And there are aspects of that that help you pray back to an area where your original pain came from so that God can speak life into it and can change things. You don't have to live with the pain that you've been carrying in life. If you don't believe that's possible, then you have limited the power of God to be the deliverer of your life. And he who created you knows you. So sometimes you've got to dig down. The Toyota company was the first company that recognized the need of having people, counselors on their staff to deal with some of their employees and their management. And they discovered the help of having people ask why. They called it the five whys. Whenever there are issues that took place on the floors or in their management scheme, they begin to bring them together and with people that would help them, they begin to say, why were you offended? Because he criticized me. Why does that make you mad? Because I don't like to be criticized. Why? Because I think I did a good job. Okay, but if somebody doesn't think you did a good job, why does that hurt you? Because I tried my best. And why does it hurt so much when somebody criticizes your best effort? Because if my best isn't good enough, then I must not be good enough. And why do you believe that? Because my dad told me as a kid that I was never going to be good enough. And there you find the first brick. I believe that the Holy Spirit walking alongside of us wants us to dig down and begin to ask the whys that caused the first brick to be laid in our life. We live in community in our church, and I know that trusting and being vulnerable with one another can be very difficult because we don't know how people are going to respond or react when I open up my life. I want you to know something. Nobody here is even close to perfect. None of us are without issues. Pastor, you don't know my family. You don't know mine. We are all flawed individuals, and if you give the impression that you are not, you are lying to yourself. What it requires of the church of God and what it requires of us as a people is that we trust the Lord to allow us to speak life into one another. People leave churches all the time because of things that took place in the church. This shouldn't be the place of hurt. This should be the place of healing. This should be the place of healing. And so sometimes you have to slow down. And sometimes with help, you begin to dig down. 
And you begin to come to that place because the Holy Spirit wants you to be healed. He will lead to the place where the initial hurt took place so that he can clean that out and begin to bring you to a place where he can see your potential grow. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 says this. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. In my Bible, I have circled the word cause trouble and defile many. Because this is what roots of bitterness do. And if we as the people of God, we are not exempt from having roots of bitterness grow. When the roots of bitterness take hold within us, we will cause trouble and we will defile many. And the Lord said, see to it that that doesn't happen. Let the grace of God be poured out among you and in you and through your words and the way you relate to each other so that the root doesn't grow. But also in this, it indicates to us that the root is where the problem is and that's where we've got to get to. Spiritual infections, like natural infections, will fester and grow worse in the dark. But it's important to bring the issue to light so that they can no longer fester but receive the healing light of Christ into those areas of our minds and emotions. If you cannot be honest with yourself, and bring these things into the light, then you're only hindering the healing power of the Holy Spirit from ministering to those wounds that will bring you to emotional healing in a healthy mind and heart. Lastly, we need to learn to release our hurt and pain into the hands of Jesus. When you hang on to fear, and you hang on to hurt, and you hang on to pain, it will become the wall that will block the Holy Spirit from bringing healing to you. The first thing we need to do is realize that God's work is restorative and receive it. Only you can open the door to your heart. I find it interesting that through the prophetic word this morning, we heard that the Lord is standing at the door of our heart and he's knocking. Do you begin to see how the Holy Spirit works things together? The unity of how he plans this day and how he plans the word and how he plans things so that we can begin to sense in our spirit that he knew what was happening before you ever came in this morning and he's prepared to do a work within your life. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18, and I'm going to read this from the King James Version because I like the way it's stated better. Jesus is speaking and he says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me anointed me, which means he's enabling me. God the Father is enabling Jesus through the Holy Spirit to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. A broken heart is an inward wound. An inward wound. Have any of you had a broken heart before? He says, I've come to heal the inward wound in you. He's come to preach deliverance. In other words, I'm not here just to recognize you have a wound. I'm here to deliver you from the wound. I've got the power and ability. I've got the anointing. I've been sent to do this. For those of you that have felt captive to your emotions and to your wounds and to your pain and to the things that have been done for you, there's deliverance today in the name of Jesus. I've come to recover sight to the blind and to set at liberty those that are bruised. Now let me tell you something. I don't go shopping with Cindy often at the grocery store, but when I do and she asks me to get fruit, I don't pick the bruised ones. A bruise indicates that somebody on the outside put force that caused something on the inside to become rotten. I love the fact that the scriptures deal specifically 
with the fact that not only does God come to save us from our sin, but he comes to deal with the inward wounds of outward things. He comes as the complete deliverer. He comes as the complete healer. Now, next week, we're going to be having a healing service at the end where we lay hands on you and we're going to believe God for physical healing. But I want you to know today that sometimes inward healing is more difficult for us to receive than outward healing. He's come to heal the bruised. Jesus paid the price for the healing of our souls and to set us free from the bondage that we have come under from the bruises that we have received. And it's important that we understand God has come to bring inner healing because His Son paid a costly price for it. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Let me tell you something. Fighting inward pain your whole life makes you tired. It will wear you out. You have to try to be in a bad mood all the time. You have to try to carry some of that stuff. And the Lord says... You're tired of it. You're weary. I've got healing for you. Come, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And here he says this. And you will find rest for your souls. That inner being there, the inside, the Lord says, when I heal, you'll rest. You'll sleep when you need to sleep. Your mind won't fight against you any longer because I will bring complete healing. I will touch it. You'll be able to let it go and no longer will it fester, but healing will flow. Healing will flow as you allow these things to be done within your hearts. So today, if you're here, worship team, would you please come? And you've suffered abuse in your past or trauma or hurt, pain. I want you to know these are works of the devil these are works of the devil. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and to restore you to the fullness for which he has created you to fulfill. He wants to restore your soul from all the damage that's been done to you because he's a complete healer. Psalm 23 verse 3 states this. He restores my soul. He doesn't just take the pain away. He restores. He makes brand new. He brings it to his original creation. There's health and healing for you. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I want you to know there's health and healing for your inner wound. There's no need to stand behind the wall of pain any longer. It's time to start deconstructing that wall. And when you get down to the bottom and you find what the original hurt was, give it to the hands of the Lord and let him restore your soul. Let him speak life into you. Healing is available for you today. And I'm going to ask that you would please stand with me. You may be here today and your heart is in a thousand pieces. You may be here today and every word I spoke was like pinhole in your heart but I come today to speak this into you Jesus that died on the cross for your sin never intended you to stay in a condition where you had to walk with pain this emotional pain that you've carried for so long that you've put a face to thinking if I could just kill them my pain would go away it won't it's a spiritual issue but when you begin to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to break every chain. I need you to break every chain. 
the response of the Spirit is, I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting to do this in your life. So they're going to begin to sing, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to say, as soon as we begin to sing, I'm going to ask you just to come and stand in the presence of the Lord this morning. Just come and stand in His presence as we begin to sing. There's, there's room here for some of you at the altar. If you want to just kneel where you're at, you can feel free to do that. But today is a day where the Lord says, the walls in your life that have kept me from allowing the potential I've placed within you, it's time for those to come down. All of the responses that we have to the frustration and the anger within our life. I'm ready to deal with the issue so that you can go forward in healing and health. Do you believe God can do that this morning? Do you believe God can do that this morning? I'm going to ask our our altar team to begin to make their way right down now. And if you want to come and have somebody pray with you, they will be available to do that. If you're here today and you have never responded to salvation, you didn't know that Jesus died for your sin to, to make you brand new, then come and talk to one of these that are here and say, I'm just starting out in this relationship and I want to know more about it. If you want to come and just stand as we, as we sing and we worship and let the, the healing flood of His presence begin to flow through you, then do that. But don't leave here today without the opportunity for the Lord to speak inner healing to you. Because it will become a wall that you'll never deal with if you don't do it with Jesus. So as we begin to sing, won't you begin to come? Let's just stand in the presence of the Lord for a few minutes. There is power in the name of Jesus there is power begin to make your way come on now let's worship the Lord this morning oh Lord Jesus we worship you we worship you there's power in the name of Jesus do you believe that this morning do you believe that he can break the chain today do you believe that he can change it do you believe that he can bring healing to the moon Oh, I've got a little bit of 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 a little b